Hi, it's Tony Kornheiser. The podcast is coming up in just a moment, but the sales weasels have got some sponsorships up front. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Gelato translates to ice cream in Italian, but this dessert's texture is denser, smoother, and richer than American ice cream. Okay, and it that's uses fine. milk, cream, and sugar, but it differs in proportions. Gelato uses less cream and more milk than ice cream oh. and contains no eggy yolks or eggs at all. Okay, but Buster only would be happy because it's cow milk? Yes. Cow milk. Okay, yes, not oat milk, oats. which is an actual <laughs> milk, or almond <laughs> milk, which is an actual milk. Milk-like product. Cow milk is milk. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Information for life, kids. Cow milk is milk. Okay? So I spent my weekend in South Jersey. I went to visit my daughter Elizabeth and her husband Ron. I played a golf course in South Jersey called Harbor Pines, played with Ron's dad and two guys who used to be good. I was awful. I had four or five pars, but I had the rest doubles and triples. I didn't have any bogeys. I was really not very good. And you can tell guys who used to be good, and they're not quite my age, but they're... Just so you know, that phrase might not sound as nice as you think it does. What? Used to be good. Well, that's what they'll tell you. We used to be good. They were single-digit uh, reasonably low single-digit players. And you can tell because half their drives are piped right down the middle and they're still 230 yards or something like that. And they're playing from not the back tees. They're playing from the regular member tees and all the holes are in play for them. But, you know, they miss more shots than they used to miss. It was Brad and Paul. They were very nice. Uh, they did say early, you know, we recognize you. And I said, you know, that happens. It's fine. Do you mind if we ask no no i mean i'm that good I, I like to talk i like to talk talk about anything you want except when i chunk a shot don't <laughs> don't talk give, give me space yeah give me you know, a minute you know, when i chunk a shot <laughs> ron's dad's pretty good player in back nine he played very very well in the back nine. you guys have a money match no 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 but i mean it was and the course was fine the course was fine it's in the development where elizabeth and ron live um and, and it was, it, I had a very good time. When you introduce it as a course in Southern Jersey, I think our mind goes elsewhere. It goes to Pine Valley. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's mm. mind goes, well, this is not Pine Valley. Um, this is Harbor Pines. Uh, it's different. Um, and it was fine, and I was glad to play it. I'm not good enough to play Pine Valley. I am good enough to play Harbor Pines. I have a comment, though. Um, so this is a, I hadn't made a drive this long in a while. It's about three and a half to 340 all in. And determining factors are always traffic. We did not have bad traffic. We did not have bad traffic on either Saturday or Sunday morning. But the other, and weather, we did have bad weather Sunday morning, yesterday morning, a lot of rain, tough to drive in a lot of rain. You got to try and be focused and be alert and stuff like that. I had it in the easier section of the drive, the basically one lane section. Let me explain how this works. You're taking 95 uh, across the Delaware Memorial Bridge. So, you know, you want the earlier you go, the better it is on a weekend because you don't want to be in crowded traffic with people going, speed limit 65, people going 85. That's going to lead me to a topic in a second. Uh, and then you get off and you take the first exit on the New Jersey Turnpike and you go south and east on 40, but you're not on big roads. So, you know, that slows you down. There are lights there are towns that slows you down. So it's not, as Michael and I have talked about, it's not the amount of miles that you're driving. It's the type of road you're driving. 
But you if prefer, you're driving you to New York balance. City, I prefer this. Yeah. I prefer this. If you're driving to New York City, you're doing 65 to 70 miles an hour, you know, because it's all, it's I-95. It's the greatest damn highway in the United States of America. If you're doing 65, your car is broken down in the right lane. Yeah, because you got to do 80. Yeah, at least. So this leads yeah. me to something. I stopped twice at the same place. For those of you familiar with the geography, you know that as you get into Northern Maryland, as you're driving north in Maryland, before you get to Delaware, where there is also a rest stop. As you get into northern Maryland, there is first the Maryland house going north, and next, only about 10 or 15 miles away, it seems, the Chesapeake house. Yes. And we went to the Chesapeake. Both, both suffer from the same thing I'm going to talk about. Maybe suffer is the wrong word, but at my age, I would say suffer. These are left lane exits. You, on a major highway like 95, if you're not going 80, <laughs> you can't get in the left lane. Yeah. So if you're like me and you've reached that point in your life where you want to go 65 to 70, and anytime you get over 72, you, you back off a little bit. Man, you got to go 80 to get in the left lane, and then you got to go 80 in the left lane until you get to the exit. You're going uphill out of the exit. Yeah. Well, what, so, it, I, I mean, I, I'm against... I did it. I navigated it. I'm against left-hand exits. But but a left-hand exit is the only way, I guess, that they can get service to both sides of the highway because yeah. it's got to be in the middle. Although I guess they could build a ramp, a right over ramp, you know, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about when you when you exit the rest area and you have to sort you of... You got to fly, baby. Because you you're flying yeah. into the extreme left lane. So the, you, first, the first time I tried that with the rooftop carrier and the family oh. the family car, <laughs> we almost didn't make it. <laughs> it's really something. Dude sprints uphill. I made a stop at the Chesapeake House yesterday. Surprised we didn't bump into each yeah, other. Yeah, it's really... Chesapeake House is fine. It's, it is. Well... Did you try and stop I, for coffee? Because if you did... Let me tell you the coffee story. <laughs> oh, no. So Carol says, would you mind if I get Poor coffee? Mom. And I know, fine, you know, I know there's got to be a coffee joint. I said, I doubt it'll be a Starbucks. There's got to be a coffee joint. It's Pete's Coffee or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's Pete's. Yeah. So I go in there just to use the restroom. And when I'm done, she's in the same spot online she was when I left. Oh, no. And there's one person working the line. And it's not happening. Mm. It's not happening. And I go, let's go. <laughs> And she goes, I go, let's go. We're not, we're not going to stay here for another 10 full minutes. Right. And we're not going to do it. Let's go. So if you're with me, that's, you don't want to be. I believe I've been in that position you before. You don't want to be with me. Um, that's my childhood. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. What else do I have to say? I'm not going to talk about the football because we're going to talk about the football with Wilbon and with Sverluga. Um, Mine Carville did better. Ma had to do better because he was 0-5. Um, he's still got one game to go, but I think he's two and two. He had Utah minus seven and a half, and he lost. It was twenty to thirteen. Ooh. He didn't cover. If it was twenty-one thirteen, he covers. Carville said, "If Carville's great bet was bet the under on forty-five and a half on New England against who did New England lose? Sixteen nothing early Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And then they slowed down. Yeah, total amount forty-five. Carver wins the under by a half point. <laughs> Good thing they're up by a step. Just like you planned. You didn't have to buy the hook. Carver wins by that. So, but uh, What did the monkey do? Monkey one and two, I believe? Yeah, the monkey didn't do great. Chuck mm. Todd has got one left, I think, and uh, Jeff Ma has one left. Um, I don't know. I, I will just... I, do I want to get into the Mel Tucker thing? I'm not sure I want to get into the Mel Tucker nah. thing. 
I'll just say this. If, if these allegations are true, you, you have to fire him. And there's, there's yeah. no... Yeah. And let me explain why. Not only is it a fireable offense, but that's Michigan State University where Larry Nasser was. And so anything that has to do with sexual <sighs> complaints, Michigan State has to be purer about it. And if they try to keep him, and this is true, they're making a mistake. And I... You know, I just don't know what's going on with that. I watched the Nats here and there. They were too rain delay. Yeah, this was so odd. I said this to Jeannie last night. Jeannie came over for dinner. We had crabs. It was delicious. Crab feast from Columbia. You know how to pick a crab? Do I know how to... What pick you, a crab. What do you mean pick a crab? Like from the box? No, like pick, take the meat off of a crab. It's a, it's well, a learned I the, skill. Uh, well, I no, I'm not very good at it. Jeannie's right. great at it because she grew up with crabs and I did not grow up with crabs. I take the mallet and smash it yep. and then break it in half and eat it and see what happens. I don't go for the <laughs> claws. You know, go for the claws. Yeah, okay. I, I have a little bit of claws, but I don't have that small little fork. That's what you're talking about, right? The small little No, just in terms tongs. of how you break it down, take the legs off, claws. Yeah, you do that. And you start the, with that, except when you get the to monument. the third crab, you don't want to waste your time right, on this other just... stuff. Because by then, the, <laughs> old, the, bay, the old bay has poisoned your mouth. <laughs> so you can't taste anything. It's poison. I'm not a big old <laughs> Bay fan. I forgot everything. Oh, so, um, yeah, so the Nats had rain delays on Saturday and Sunday of length. Now, I wasn't here Saturday, but I was here, so we had no rain. We almost had I don't an inch of rain that... in D.C. Huh? We almost had an inch of rain on Saturday. Okay, but I'm saying on Sunday, when the Nats are in this two-hour rain delay, it's sunny at my house. It, how many miles can it be? These are the most narrow bands of rain in the <laughs> world. You didn't have any rain yesterday. No, so that always happens down there. And then you see it often shifts over into northern Virginia as it's working its way up. Oh, but so where I live, I live close to the river. You, there's stuff that you see on the other side of the river that is catastrophic. You know, and doesn't cross? No. It's really Now, weird. sometimes you get the bad draw of it. You know, many years ago, there was the derecho. We got the bad draw of it. Obviously, yeah. this July, we got the bad draw of it. Do you know what the highlight of the Nats game was yesterday? What's that? In the fifth inning after the rain delay, do you know who showed up for the Dodgers and pitched two innings? Well, not quite two innings because Dave Roberts was terrified of keeping him out there with two on and one out, so an inning and a third. Wander Suero (laughs) for the Dodgers. Hello, old friend. Yeah, I mean, and and he was in the strike zone. I mean, he was in the strike zone consistently. They hit him a couple of times because he's no good. But uh, Wander Swearer with the Dodgers, Dave Roberts couldn't get out there fast enough to take him out in the sixth. I'm sure Jared was nervous watching Jared that. Jared and I were texting back and forth. He goes, you won't believe this. I said, I'm watching it. Because, like, why are you watching baseball? Well, it happened to be in that window where the, where the football was not yet compelling. Right. You know, like Before the magic first, hour. first quarter, second round of games. You know, second quarter, second round. And so I was going back and forth with that. And, and, and Djokovic, too. I mean, I'm, you're trying to manipulate the entire dial, if you can, with the tennis and the baseball and, of course, the football. So we'll take a break. Michael Wilbon went to the Bears game yesterday. Uh-oh. How do we think that feels? Mm. We'll find out. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. 
Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Amy Teachin. This is a song called Our Place, submitted by her husband, who writes, I humbly submit the following two songs from my wife, Amy Julia Teachin's debut EP, Wax Wonder. A native of Western Massachusetts, Amy's music explores themes like home and place, location and meaning, and a wide-ranging musical style that includes, in these two cuts, country sass and ambient instrumental. She'd be delighted if you play her tunes. That's from her husband, Mark Teachin, who's the chaplain um, and Grace Palmer of Johnston, chair of Bible at the Stony Brook School. Not that Stony Brook School, not the college. <laughs> And we've played Amy's music before, and it's yeah, lovely. It's yeah, absolutely she lovely. really is. Talented. And she plays in Michael Wilbon. And, and there's, I have a million questions. I have a million college questions. I have a million pro questions. I have a million tennis questions. But I got to start, obviously, with where you were yesterday and what you yeah. saw. Tell the people what you saw. I saw the Green Bay Packers continue to own the Chicago Bears. Yeah. In Chicago at Soldier Field, I had decided when the schedule came out that Matthew's never seen a Packers-Bears game. And while he wants to see one at Lambeau, and we may get to that, yeah, it's like this game is right on the docket, and the school is not you know long. You can get home late last night. You can still get up and go to school today, which he did. But let's go. And, I, and I, I've been convinced, like, you know, 90% of the people in the, in the stadium yesterday, the Bears are going to be better. That the new coach and the new GM and the new regime, they, they went out, they put together, they went and got players, not famous players, they got players. They redid the roster. Everybody in football who knows about these things said they did the right thing. Um, Eva Flew's the coach and Ryan Poles, the, the GM, most importantly. And you go, okay, let's go. Let's go. There's no more Rodgers. They got some young guy. We got Justin Fields, a guy that 95% of Chicago wanted to keep and didn't want to keep from Alabama. Let's go, damn it. We've lost eight times in a row to the Packers. It's been 20 years since we could beat them with any consistency. Let's go. And, Tony, we, we left angry. <laughs> <laughs> we left, we were angry. They couldn't rush the passer. They couldn't protect their own, again, feels just like last year. It looked like a continuation of last year, just with new people. And it was, it was we were angry. We were angry. And, and, and I, was, I was glad when I got home last night. I, I flew home after the game. And I, by the time I got here to my house, it was around midnight. And I was glad to read stories that said the Bears were all angry with themselves and said, we stunk. We stunk. It's unforgivable to come out this bad against the Packers. I was, because that's how we all felt. I was in a flight full of people. It's amazing how many people who grew up and have connections to Greater Chicago and Greater Green Bay live in Washington D.C. Because they're all, they we're all on a flight last night to Dulles, and we're all angry. We're all, you know, I'm still in my Peyton jersey. People yeah. are still in their whatever jerseys they're in. Did I read you know, that it's the eighth straight time they've eighth beaten straight, you in straight. Chicago? I thought it was eighth straight overall. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I had a great weekend otherwise. Right. 
it was a, it was a two football weekend game. I don't do this anymore. I went to Northwestern and they won on Saturday. We won against UTEP. We had to beat UTEP or just like stop the season. And it was an unbelievably beautiful weekend of two days, right at seventy degrees and no clouds. And I sat at my alma mater Saturday, and then yesterday I went to went to Soldier Field, and um, man, that was the only thing that will sort of keep this out of front of mind for people around watching football is the Giants forty nothing oh. rubbing, huh. and I, I couldn't see any of that. I couldn't oh. see any of that because I was on a plane, so I don't. I it was. It let me tell you something. The Giants get the ball to begin the game. Yeah. And they pretty much go down the field. And they're finding Saquon Barkley on handoffs and short passes. And they're controlling this whole thing. They get stopped. They go to kick a field goal. The field goal is blocked and returned for a touchdown. And wow. they never oh, score wow. again. That's it. It's, oh, wow. That's it. And it ends up for that game. 40. If you didn't turn that game off early, you've never seen football because that well, game was terrible. That I'm was just in my seat on the plane. I look at the score on my phone. It's like twenty six nothing. I'm like, what? Terrible. And I said, I'm not going to bother with Wi-Fi and you know pulling this up. I'm not doing that. No, I'm already in a bad mood anyway. So the the the, the Bears just put me in. Yeah, it's one of it's one of those things that. We've lost plenty of games in our lives, but that that ranked way up there. Now, let me get to a couple of things. Dion won again. Yeah. His kid, and I watched his kid in a press conference, his kid said, you know, this other guy, Rule, he didn't mention Rule, he just said, you know, the other coach, yeah. Yeah. said bad stuff about my pops. Yes, yes. Which you, now you, he's got to say, good for him, said bad yeah. stuff about my pops, so I've got no respect for him. They won again until they lose, and maybe after if it's to USC and it's by one point. But until they lose, they're the biggest story in college football. And that includes, and let me tell you, and you know this, Texas Alabama was great. Yeah, it was. It was great. It's Dion. It's It's Dion. It's Shadour. And it's the the two way kid who plays 100 snaps and 100 degrees. Come on, seriously. Yeah. What are you talking about here? So, uh, yes, I told you last week when you were mentioning, well, you know, so-and-so did this. No, 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 no. Nope. It's Dion. It's Dion. But I, I, I will, it's I'll Dion. ask your opinion on this because you have, and I think part of this is coming from the Big Ten. You have never fully embraced the notion that the SEC is better than everybody else, and I understand yeah, I that. Of course. Ooh, no, 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 no. You take shots at the SEC. You take shots at them all the time. I can take shots at a lot of people. You take shots at people who are the greatest people in what they do in the history of sports. So, but now we've got Florida gets beat and gets beat, I think, twice at this point. Uh, Alabama at home gets beat by a really good team and by the guy that was his offensive coordinator for a while, Steve Sarkeesian. LSU gets waxed. In the second half, these are big. Now, are, are we seeing something different now? I could turn around and say Oklahoma no. and Texas are coming in, and so the no. SEC will still be good. But what do you no. make of that? Is it is it meaningful? No. no, I mean it's meaningful for each team, right? And for the week, week to week, for the discussion like we're having now. But no, the SEC is the best conference. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Right. They're, they're the best. It doesn't mean I don't. It doesn't mean you have to like them. 
It doesn't mean I'm not going to take shots. Of course I'm going to take shots at them. Yes, every week. So, yes, you, you know, do. But but, they, but I would do what I will. Um, if they're going to stop, would I have to have reverence to the SEC? No. But, I mean, I, I always – I just assume part of that is being in the Big Ten and now seeing part them. Part of it is being in the Big Ten. Right. I, that's who I am. Right. I'm not in the ACC. I'm not them. I don't care about them. Now let me get to something so, else. But 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 the, but the SEC. Let's clear this up once and for all. The SEC is the best conference. Nah, it's not really close. I don't know I that you. I don't know that you saw what I'm going to reference. Okay. Djokovic beat Medvedev and beat him thoroughly, and he's much better than Medvedev, and he beat him in straight sets. You know, and yeah, I'm not taking yeah. anything away. He's a goat. What bothered me was wearing those sweatshirts. Those 24 sweatshirts that were obviously made up oh. long before that final started. And then and he gets up there and he's on the mic. And he says, never in my yeah. life did I think I'd win 24. I said, then why are you wearing the jacket? You know, everybody in the box is wearing the jacket. And it just, you know, I don't like him. And so it really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Did you have any? Wait, I, any listen, okay, we just talked about, well, wait a minute. You just. Said I take shots at right. the SEC. <laughs> you you take shots at a guy. Who else has got twenty uh, four? Margaret Court. No man. No man. Billie Jean King got twenty four. No. Martina got twenty four. No. Serena got twenty four. No. Huh? No. Connors. No. McEnroe. No. Nadal. No. Federer. No. But yet you take shots. I do. You taking shots right here. I don't like him. <laughs> and so, what would be the difference? He's great. In the analogy. He's, He's a great player. He's a goat. Yeah. Yeah. He's the goat. You know, then he has a T-shirt, and I'm okay with this. The Mamba Forever T-shirt. I guess he's got feeling for Kobe. I'm okay with that. I wasn't okay with the 24. Because everybody in the box had it, Mike. Oh, the 24, but that's because that's Kobe wore 24. I just, well, no, it's because he won know. 24 majors. He likes Kobe. Know, that's fine. He, he, yes. It yes. just bothered me. All right, let's move on. That would bother me. It was just associating himself with Kobe. Yeah, bothered, bothered me. Yeah, I'm sure I'm 24. If if I if you asked me what was the most surprising result yesterday, and then five weeks from now, maybe none of this is surprising as you see how a season begins to play out. Wait, let me see if I can guess. Let me see if I can guess what you said. Go ahead. I, I most surprising. I, well, okay, there was there, there's two. It's a co. Cleveland beating Cincinnati like that, even though Joe Burrow hadn't played and hadn't been on, you know, been hurt and all this, and Pittsburgh getting skunked by the 49ers. It's one of those two or co. No, it's one. It's the first one. Cincinnati did nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Joe Burrow yeah. just signed the biggest contract in history. Um, they did, were like this last year. Did what, nothing. One and three last year. Yeah, they started two? slowly. So, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it was those, those, those games were stunners. Um, yeah, they were. Uh, uh, you know, Cincinnati, we've given them a lot of benefit of the doubt that yes. they probably haven't earned. Yeah, he's not earned it, and Joe Burrow is treated as if he's won the Super Bowl, and he has not. No, um, so I, I don't like, I like Joe Burrow. Um, I and I picked I picked Cincinnati yesterday. I should have known better. I I, I I picked that game in my confidence pool, and here's how you knew I I didn't have any faith. I gave I picked Cincinnati, and I gave him a two. No, yeah, and then damn, and I was like, yeah, I should have picked Cleveland at home. I didn't have the guts to do it. So those, yeah, yeah, I get both those games, Tony. Both those games, 
uh, two division foes that some people think he will pick. Somebody's picking Cincinnati. I would have picked them both to get to the and Super Bowl if I had to before the season started. San Francisco wow. looked great. San Francisco yes, looked great. They, they, they looked. They look great, and the Dolphins Chargers game was really good. Couldn't see any of that. Yeah, you were you were traveling. About going to, no, I was I was in a. Oh, you were watching arena. Yeah, I'm in a football. I'm in a stadium, so you know, opting to go to one game is very different for me these days. Not like the, you know. I'll tell you what surprised me a little bit. I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were on their way to fifty to nothing over New England in New England. And then it stopped, and New England played hard, and New England had a chance to win. They didn't oh boy, win. I saw that. Yeah. They had a chance to win that game, and that surprised me. Well, I, that, 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 that game's in New England. It's Bill Belichick, and I, I, that, that did not surprise me. Just they saw that they won. Um, but, you know, yesterday was wow. I think yesterday was the worst, about the worst pick day. I, could, I, I think I was. I think I was four and something. First day of the season is so hard. Wow. It's you don't know what you're doing. And and it, 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 it's even harder now when nobody of any consequence plays in exhibition in games. In the preseason. They don't play. Right. You know, one of, the, one of the great things to rip the new Bears coach about is that he didn't even play his own people, and he's got a neophyte team that's nothing. So, Coming off a of three and 14, and you don't play people in the preseason, that light up. Fire under his butt, please. It's Let important to for the NFL to realize that we've now reached the point where there's no point in, in exhibition games. This is no point. They don't play them. Yeah, so stop. And most coaches, they say we get more out of practice. Really? Yeah, pl- play 18 games, no exhibition games. Okay. Go start right away and play 18 and, and, and in this nonsense. Play 14 games. We're not playing 14. It's, it's, that it's, ship it's, has it's sailed. Just, it's, it's, you're right. What they're doing is nonsense. They're going to go to 18, and they should stop exhibition. All right, I'll talk to you later. I'm glad to see you're angry. Makes me happy. Thank you. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Barry Zuluga was at the Washington football team game. Alan Bubis was at the Washington football team game. Gary Braun was at the Washington football team game. The last two guys went because they want to see if their hope can be renewed with new ownership, and Barry went because it's the only column in town. We'll have Barry when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Amy Teachin. This is her version of Kismet, sent in by her husband, Mark Teachin. Beautiful, beautiful voice. She's really good. Michael, if... People want to send in their original music. How do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. Ben Daniel just showed up. The DoorDash truck is outside. Uh, <laughs> later on, we can get all the food that we want from that. Barry Zuluga joins us now. And Barry is the right person to have. Not, I mean, it's good fortune that the Washington football team won a game yesterday. But it is a dominating emotional story in Washington. The first game after Daniel Snyder sold the team to a variety of people, most notably Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails. Um, People, as I said before, we got to this part of the show, people like Alan Bubis, the socialite, and Gary Braun, they went to the game. There was, Barry, you got to get to it early you know, like hours before the game, you got to work the parking lot. You got to work the stands 
because there are people there of a certain age, probably 40 and up, who are coming back with the great hope, the great hope that there is a regime change that matters and it's not just superficially buying the team, right? You found a million people like that. Well, it's, you know, I actually took the metro out there and, and walked that mile from the metro station just to get the feel of the parking lot. And, and I've done that before um, a million times. Um, and it's not, you can't necessarily put your finger on it, but, but there are, and we had a, Sam Fortier, one of our um, commander's writers, did that, you know, getting there at like 6.30 in the morning and, and worked and worked and worked. And what you find are these, exactly what you said, yeah. not only people my age and in within a decade either way who are, are coming back to something that now, instead of being inherently limited by ownership, feels like full of possibilities because of ownership, um, and also are bringing kids that have no reference point of anything but just abject disaster with this franchise who might actually be able to get behind it now. Now, is that giving Josh Harris a bunch of credit for stuff he hasn't done yet? Yeah, sure, that's, that's true. But the, the Delta X in emotions and hope between what it is like now with a new owner who is saying the right things. I want to listen. I want to learn. We don't know this business. We're going to figure it out and we're fully committed. And the old regime where Dan Snyder would sit in his box kind of behind a veil of cigar smoke and just kind of lurk and loom over this entire operation kind of baking in pessimism. I mean, that's just a massive, massive, massive change. Yeah. I believe that for most people, the people you and I are now discussing, they feel they're coming home. They want this to work. They're going back to their childhood and they want this to work, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's going to be different. I think that Josh Harris should probably say, you know, we want the feelings that, that come from the glory days, but it's, you know, it's not going to be the old nickname. They've, they've said that. And it clearly. shouldn't be. Shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. Of course not. Of course not. There's a lot of work to be done in terms of um, where does this new stadium end up? And, and you know, um, will it be back at, at the RFK site, which would conjure a lot of romantic um, notions? But, but you're right, Tony. It's like... Um, there was a feeling yesterday, um, and I'm not, I'm not making this up because it fits the narrative, even though it does fit the narrative, um, but there was uh, optimism and, and excitement and joy. I think that what was, you know, why do you go to um, a sporting event and root for these people that you, you don't know? Um, it's because you, you are willing to invest your time, your emotion, and your money in something that brings you good feeling that, that, that you can get behind that when you get back in the car um, and you begin the slog home, you're not so beaten down. Um, but why am I doing this? You know, I've done this for decades. Um, you, you want that feeling that um, 
hey, next week I, we can do this again. And I saw this that was good. And you know what? I came to the stadium for the first time in years, and they had made improvements to the traffic flow, and uh, the, the food was better, and X, Y, and Z. And that's, wh- that's why you do it. You don't do it to be just kind of bludgeoned um, emotionally and financially. You do it because it, it should be fun. And I think that's what felt different yesterday. Whatever, the football was not very good. No, it's okay. Uh, and maybe there are, you know, 30 other teams in the league that, that Washington wouldn't have beaten yesterday because Arizona, Arizona is terrible. But you come out of that game with the right feeling given the regime change that, okay, there are possibilities now that with the old regime just didn't feel um, realistic. So I haven't been there in a long time. But when I watch the red zone over the last X amount of years, five, eight years, whatever it is, and they show Washington home games, first of all, the stands are one half filled, one half filled by the second half in the red zone. And everybody's wearing the other color. Everybody's wearing the other color. So I would ask you, what did it look like to go to a game that was sold out, I presume, with Washington fans. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few factors there. So, again, go to the Metro ride. Um, this is hours early, and I'm getting on you know, on Capitol Hill. And um, as the train is pulling in, it's through the windows. I just see flickers of burgundy, 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 yeah. gold, gold, gold. Like, that, that was different. I've been in those situations in the parking lot where, you know, pick a team, the Packers or the Steelers or the Giants or the Eagles – where it's like, oh, here we are at the Meadowlands, or here we are yeah. at Foxborough. You know, like it's just, and that's again, that is not a, an exaggeration to fit some sort of storyline. Like that's that's how it was. Now, realistically, are the Arizona Cardinals a big traveling fan base no. to, to Washington? No, no, they're they're not. And so this was a really good draw um, in this situation. And I'm not saying, you know, that when um, the Eagles, who are obviously Super Bowl contenders are here uh, that there won't be lots of Eagles fans. But I think that there is so much more of a chance that instead of these season ticket holders who have either bailed or who are barely hanging on to their tickets and are going to three games and selling the other five home games, um, I think there's a a feeling of we're going to own this place again. It's a dump. We're hoping for a new um, stadium at some point in the future. But we're not going to have this um, idea that home games are, are road games. And, yeah. and I will say, when Sam Howell, the, the quarterback, uh, ran for the touchdown that, that um, Winning put touchdown. them ahead, yeah. he, that end of end zone, you know, it, it looked like what a college football stadium feels like um, with all the people wearing the same color and high-fiving and hugging. Um, that's that's a new feeling here. It's, it's a, it's a long distance feeling here. Um, and it was very, very real yesterday. And as Jim Zorn would say, it's great to see him colored up in the maroon and black. It's uh, great to see that the goodwill I take it is palpable, right? I mean, you can feel it, right? Yeah. I mean, Tony, it, it in the waning moments, like the fans in front of the, um, owner's box, turned around to face Josh Harris was already on the field, but like magic Johnson was still up there and they turn around and, and started chanting, thank you for wow. a brief moment. So this is wow. like, and, and I mean, as I wrote in my column, like they were showing videos, like at midway through the first quarter, there's a, a 
was a video about the changes from the offseason that, you know, included, you know, their first round draft pick, whatever, but they showed Josh Harris and the the crowd cheered the owner of the team. Like that again, this is this is the honeymoon period and, you know, if they lose the next three straight uh in blowout fashion, they they could um you know, people could be like, Well, you know, it's the same old, same old. Yeah. But right now it's palpable for sure. Yeah. Mitch Rails, did I read Mitch Rails sent his own plane to get Sonny and Billy? That's right. I mean that's absolutely right. I mean that's they are the first thing that they did that I thought was brilliant was the wraparound ad on the front page of the post within seemed hours of buying the team. Whoever is directing this is very, very smart. Don't you feel that? Very smart. Yeah, and, and I, I hope that who's directing it is Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails and Mark Ein and, and the people that – I mean, these are Washingtonians, and we know from Daniel Snyder's um, upbringing that being a hometown person doesn't, uh, doesn't guarantee that, right. that your love for the team equates to success. But I think – they understand the pain of the fan base because to a certain extent they were part of that fan, fan base that went through the last 24 seasons with um, Snyder as, as at the helm. And, and they understand that the team that they rooted for growing up that was winning Super Bowls and appearing in the playoffs all the time have, has exactly one playoff win this, this century. So I think that it's fair to think that bright people who have been on the side of like being being part of the bludgeoned who now can turn around and and set the tone and set a path can say very truthfully and and with empathy um we know what you've been through we're here to solve this please tell us what has pained you the most please tell us how we, what would be meaningful change to you. We're going to listen to all of that and we're going to try to come to the best decisions that we can. And they've also said, you know, Josh Harris had a media roundtable on Friday and one of the things that it's important for him to say and seems obvious but, but really means something here is like, I don't know if I'll be in the draft room on, on draft night. Like he, the football, the, we leave the football decisions to professionals. Like that matters here because the football decisions weren't always left to the football um, professionals here. So um, they're checking all the boxes uh, in terms of the rollout. Um, the season could still be rocky, and there could be changes ahead in, in, in football operations, which is fine. But um, so far, so good in terms of yeah. um, their presentation. So lucky to get Arizona at home in the first game, team that stinks, that's given up on the season before the season started. There's two things. I'll get you out of here. And there's two things. New stadium, new name, right? I mean, that's it, isn't there? I mean, new stadium for sure, and I, I'm sure I've said this here before. Um, I, I have thought for you know the, my entirety of my time here that the three issues dodging or dogging this this franchise were, in some owner uh, order, owner, stadium, quarterback. Owner has changed. Stadium has to be uh, fixed, and then we'll figure out that the quarterback is either going to be this guy that they have now, or it'll be somebody in the future, but they have to fix that. I'm not as wrapped up in the name as a lot of people are. I am willing to listen to people who think Commanders is junk. Um, 
joke. I was I, on the record as Washington football team being just just fine. Yes. Um, but if you anybody who tells me that that name is important to them, I absolutely acknowledge that that can be the case. It's just not. It's those other issues. I mean, I would say stadium, 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 stadium yeah. before I would get to, to name. Well, so it's, uh, it's uh, absolutely the right column to have written, and it worked out great. And thank you for being on, and we'll talk soon. Appreciate it, Tony. Thanks very much. Barry's Verluga, columnist at the Washington Post. We will take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It always makes me happy. It's the Cane Bay High School Choir, South Carolina. Reminds me of choir just before lunch. (laughs) Mr. Irwin. Yeah. And the Joy Boys. (laughs) It's just lovely. Just lovely. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? You're back. You you got them. Yes, got the bagel sandwiches today. Very excited about that. Uh, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to uh, BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That's going to do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, Father McKenzie writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear, no one comes near. Look at him working, darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. What does he care? All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? That's Paul McCartney. And if you listed the best songs that Paul McCartney ever wrote, that's on the list. Yes. Yesterday is on the list. She's Leaving Home is on the list. Oh, yeah. And I saw her standing there is on the list. (laughs) Those are the Paul songs. There are others, but those are the Paul songs. Thanks to our guest today, Michael Wilbon, Barry's Verluga. Thanks to our sponsors today, PolicyGeniusNuts.com, Indochino. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We have some emails today, but we have some leftover. You love leftovers. I love leftovers on all (laughs) levels. From Kendall Bratton in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, right outside Philadelphia. I've been a long-time listener of the pod. Last Thursday, commuting home from northern New Jersey along the Garden State Parkway. I see a sign and say out loud, Connie Chung rest stop. Did I need to stop? No. So I kept on driving. As I got closer to the exit of said rest stop, I got cut off by none other than a long-haired, hippie-looking Subaru Outback driver. Clearly, he needed a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Almost losing control of my vehicle, I honked my horn and proceeded to give him the TK salute. I hope that sandwich was worth it. Hope they're going down to Metro Park. From Lindsay Bus in Rockville, Maryland. Any truth to the rumor that PTI is changing its name to pardon the Little League World Series in the U.S. Open? That's funny. Uh, From Jason Welsh in Dunedin, Florida. Oh, we're doing Gatorade favorite flavors now? Definitely purple. Wait, is purple a flavor or a color? What is the purple? Oh, I think that's both. Is it grape? Grape. Is that what it is? From Steve Durbin in Columbia, Missouri. I'm no nutritionist, but you could combine a red Gatorade with a yellow Gatorade to get your favorite orange Gatorade. Hmm. I'm positive that drink would taste like it looks. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. (laughs) No, it wouldn't be. From Chris Bansells, our old friend in Forest Hill, Maryland. I recently started working at a new school, and among my other duties as assigned is morning bus duty. Specifically, I'm responsible for checking in the buses as they arrive at school. So far, the first bus in our lot every morning has been bus 511. Not very good, but there are some buses worse than that. From Matthew Malinsky in Chicago, did Chuck Todd really say that the Bears rivalry is only a rivalry because the NFL says it is? Has Chuck Todd ever been in Chicago? Or is it the case that he, born and raised in Miami, hasn't been within 200 miles of Green Bay like most Packer fans? Perhaps your friend Wilbon can educate him on the sentiments of actual Midwestern football fans. 
Wilbon, as we know, is very upset about the Bears. Got a nice text from Jim Hughes of Milwaukee about said game. Oh, oh. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, Greg Thomas, Cincinnati. Listen to your interview with Dave Sims the other day. I work as an usher for the Cincinnati Reds, and the Mariners were in town Monday through Wednesday. It just so happened that when I stepped on the elevator to go to my position on Tuesday, there was a gentleman with a polo shirt that has Seattle radio emblem embroidered on it. Alas, it wasn't Dave, but one of his partners, Rick Riz. I told him to tell Dave Lachiserie. He looked at me quizzically and said, Lachiserie, before I could explain, another Reds worker said, yeah, Lachiserie, another little. I'm sure that Rick thought we were both nuts. Next time you talk with Sims, ask him for his broadcast partner. Happened to mention a couple of crazies on the elevator. From Gary Van Giesen, for those of you who thought they could make their fortunes off the stellar performances of Carville and Ma, I suggest you think again. As the portfolios, portfolio hawkers love to disclaim, Past performance does not guarantee similar results. <laughs> Should have gotten in on the ground floor last year. Still a long way to go, but I would caution all not to bet the farm on any of stinky show prognosticators with the possible exception of the monkey. Good luck to all. From John and Herndon, I was they rebounded a little bit, both of them. Um, from John and Herndon, I was so sorry to hear about PTI being canceled and the demise of your podcast is sure to follow. Pablo seems to be coming after you. If the Tony Kornheiser show is canceled, you could start a new podcast, Incognito. The new podcast could be called Cold Openings, Hot Bagels. From Tim Van Winkle in Alexandria, before you render your verdict on coffee ice cream, I want to speak up for Wegman's own version, which is still in the freezer. Yes. We have not opened it yet. Wegmans has dozens of, fla- dozens of flavors of their premium ice creams and pints, all with different and colorful packaging. But there are three flavors that come in simple black pints with classic, if now less popular flavors. Let's call them the old man flavor line. There's pistachio, rum raisin, and of course, coffee. The rum raisin is the best I've ever had. Perhaps you might find the coffee likewise. The best part, just over $4 a pint. From Thomas in Denver. Can a little get a traffic report and best travel options from Hyde Park to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on October 8, 2023 for the Jacksonville Bills game? I don't think you have to worry. I just don't think you have to worry. Steve Tabor, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Thought you'd want to know the wife and I cancel. I love when people say the wife. It just <laughs> makes me so happy. Thought you'd want to know the wife and I canceled our planned late summer vacation to Palmer, Ohio because of the traffic issue reference, after, traffic issues referenced on the pod. <laughs> um, from David Andrews. It says, from David Andrews, not that David Andrews in Adelaide, Australia. Road condition update in Adelaide. Total nightmare. Don't even bother. <laughs> Thank you for that. From David Butler, the owner of Riverside Liquors in Frederick, Maryland. That's up uh, 270, yes? Up 270. That's right, yeah. Dear Grandpa Tony, first time, long time. Been listening since the WTEM days. Just had my first David Aldridge moment. I was driving to Maselum Springs Golf Club with 11 other members from Musket Ridge Golf Course on Friday, listening to the pod when Mr. Tony reads an email and says, I stayed and played there. Did I hear that right? I had to rewind the tape, and sure enough, there it was. I have to say it was a beautiful course, but sneaky hard on my 6.3 index didn't travel very well, although I did win a quota game on Saturday with a couple of birdies. That's how, nice. How are the greens? Yeah. So let us know. I did play there eight, ten years ago. And he said, I won't even ask to be the official liquor store of the Tony Carson show. No. No, that's taken. Do that. Right. <laughs> um, from Bam Feldman. It says, just want to make you smile or maybe commiserate. It's cartoon. Oh. Somebody in front of a gravestone. People in, two people in front of a graveyard, and this is what it says. In order to make an appointment, he had to first update his operating system, download an app, get a username, <laughs> choose a password, log into a health portal, navigate to messages, and write his doctrine. By then, it was too late. Um, just as an afterthought on that, this is what happens to me all the time. I can't get a person. 
I just oh, yeah. can't. And and I've said this about the New York Times. I'll say this about a million things. Jury duty in Washington, D.C. You can't get a person. The America that I grew up in is gone. It's been replaced by nameless, fameless, you know, things you have to do on a computer. Nameless, faceless, rather. Things you have to do on a computer. And while it's very satisfying to a certain generation like yours, Michael. Oh, quick recommendation. Why don't you try using an active email and see if that gets you somewhere? Yeah, I also wrote three emails that got buried in an outbox, and it turns out they were written on Carol's email and it wasn't even active, and I don't know how it happened. Hmm. I don't know how it happened. Because you have multiple emails saved on your phone. I don't want that. I just want my one email. Anyway, if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone is always do wear white. What does Argo mean? Argo. Argo. You don't know? I know. It means Argo f*** yourself. <laughs> Yeah. 